Hey everybody and welcome to DCI number 34. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. In this episode, Brian and I got to talk with Stephen Barton, the composer for the new FPS Titanfall. Uh, we got to talk about things like the challenges of writing music for multiplayer-only games, how Stephen got into the music industry, specifically with video games, as well as some of our standard questions like the end game. We had a lot of fun talking with him, and we hope you enjoyed as much as we did. If you want to find out more information about DarkStation, you can do that at darkstation.com. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can do that at darkstation underscore com. If you want to subscribe to us on iTunes, you can do that. We are the DarkCast, and while you're there, give us a review and let us know what you think of the show. Finally, if you want to shoot us an email, you can do that at podcast at darkstation.com. If you want to find out more information about Stephen Barton or Titanfall, then check out the links in the show notes to this episode. As always, thanks for listening. Now on with the show. joining us on the dark cast how are you doing today doing great actually yeah not too bad uh doing really good 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 um so where are you located well right now i'm i actually i, I live and work in los angeles uh, i've been here i think about i think coming on for 12 nearly 13 years now um but uh, as you can probably tell from the accent i'm i'm not an original uh i was originally no, that's, um, that's pure los angeles yeah that, I, that's, oh yeah yeah no, definitely this, this is pure santa monica right here that's right. uh no um no i was originally from uh from the uk from from england so uh you know i've uh I, i'm an import but uh but 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 they've they, they, they haven't thrown me out yet so that's that's all good. That's right. We're glad to have you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's uh, it's and you know it's a great great town for doing 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 what I do. So uh, it's it's a fun fun place to work. So it's great. Awesome. Um, now before we get started talking about Titanfall, can you tell us a little bit about your musical background, where you studied, trained, all that kind of stuff? Sure. I, I originally, well, I'm in the UK. I went to music school. Uh, I sort of started out playing. You know, I was a, I played piano. I was play, I was a keyboard player originally, um, and I started out uh, playing playing keyboards and uh, you know, kind of from about the age of five or six or so, and uh, and then kind of uh, just just really sort of went from there and sort of you know went through school and was at music school, um, and then pretty soon after that, I was going to go to uh, do like go to university or go to go to music college or something like that, and. And in the end, that actually, uh, I decided to, I sort of had, uh, I wanted to take a year out. And I took a year out. In the midst of taking a year out, uh, I got a, 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 through a mutual friend, I got introduced to Harry Gregson Williams, uh, who's a, a very fine composer. Uh, and he uh, he basically, he was in the middle of um, of the one of the Shrek movies, the Shrek and Shrek movie, and said, like, oh, do you, do you want to come out and give me a hand? Um, you know, I? just for <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that well, that took me all of about three milliseconds to decide, um, and then uh, so I came out here and sort of you know worked on a, a lot of films with him, sort of worked for, with Harry for six seven years, and, uh, and then about well, about five years ago split off and formed my own company, uh, and uh, have been doing doing that ever since. I guess it's about six years now actually thinking about it, but uh, um, but yeah, so so it was sort of I had a very sort of original like a kind of classical background, but then as soon as I started working for for Harry, I was you know got into a very much a sort of electronic kind of world as well so mm -hmm. uh so it's sort of you know kind of one of those things where you know to work in the kind of film television and video game music you kind of have to be a chameleon you kind of have to be able to sort of you know if someone walks up and says like hey do you know how to like write a score with you know louisiana blues you go sure i do yeah absolutely. <laughs> while you're bringing up louisiana blues on your phone <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah you you know you get like you know like line up everything everything you can and listen listen to it sometimes funnily enough sometimes the sort of not n not necessarily being sort of steeped and from a background makes you come at something in a slightly interesting way because i you know i don't know i you know I, i'm not i don't play the dobro but um maybe i might ask a dobro player to do something that's you no know, not typical on the dobro and then someone says oh that's really original dobro 
flag, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what that's I was going like, for. That's yep, exactly. <laughs> you never really know. It's, it's 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 a fascinating sort of industry. You never you never quite know what's what's coming around the corner, um, and uh, and it can be literally anything. And it's just sort of you know part of part of the fun of it is absorbing these different ideas, the different the genres, and working with great musicians, and uh, that that's a lot of fun. You know, just sort of you know new 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 things. Mm-hmm. Now it's I always find it kind of interesting that um, you know with writers or even artists sometimes you'll hear them talk about looking towards one profession and then it's like and then I just kind of suddenly found myself doing this other thing I was working with video games or I was writing or whatnot you never hear that with composers or musicians it's like music <laughs> is always something that starts at a very young age and you know maybe how you get there uh, might be a little bit different but you know it, it starts early it doesn't you don't just find yourself writing music <laughs> yeah well it's a, there, there's a, there's definitely a, there's a truth to that i think i think you, you you're sort of one of those things that uh, and particularly also if you're going to come into like the film and uh tv and, and especially tv and and the game world to some extent i mean for, uh, tv is the, the worst of this so you know the schedules are so sort of punishing that mm-hmm. you know frankly you'd ha- you'd kind of have to want to do it um and it's one of those things where you know lots of people sort of go oh you know it'd be great fun to write music for for, for especially television they go oh, it'd be great to write music television. and you know hey it, it, it is but except that you know there's a frequent thing where they hand you something and say well okay here, here, here you go here's a one-hour tv show we needed the music yesterday yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that please happened. provide this as quickly as possible, and by that we mean now. Yes, pretty <laughs> much, and it's like one of those things, and you and you get glorious things where people often sort of say, "Oh, well, we need this now." Maybe you have something in your back pocket, like I have a sort of catalogs worth. I mean, of music. Let me just whistle you a tune. You know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, it's it, it's definitely what it's it's an it's a it's it is a lot of fun, but it is something that you know it can it can you know sleep deprivation is not uncommon um, in in trying to sort of you know get get a lot of music done very quickly and and make it sound good and you know quality quantity and quickly um is you know what I've sometimes said but it's uh, uh you know it's it's definitely a it's challenging but, but but a lot of fun have you ever come into a an instance where somebody asks you for something and you've actually already got something that you've been working on whether or not it's in a finished state um uh, or I- I think I've had things once or twice, you know, maybe back in the day where I had something in my back pocket, mm-hmm. usually that was something that didn't quite work out and it might have, you know, but it'll, it'll rarely be like something in finished state, but it'll, it might be something that's like, you know, I have a melody that I like I've come up with and I've played it to a director and said, Oh, I think this would be a great main theme. And they hated it. Uh, and you go, Oh, okay. Um, and you sort of save it on the hard drive and never open it again. But just occasionally I've had an occasion where I've been like, Oh, maybe I could take that and do something different with it. But, uh, but it's very rare that something just sort of drops in and fits. Uh, sure. I'm not sure I've ever had that actually, but, uh, but, uh, you know, some definitely, you know, you have ideas bouncing around in your head that might not be useful for something now, but might be useful for something down the line. And you sort of, you know, uh, you know, part of, you know, what I think a lot of successful composers do is sort of kind of you try and write that material down and keep it just in case you know because you never know sometimes also when you know when you you get hit with a a particularly juicy deadline and and they say we need this um or that and you're you're sort of trying to sort of i mean you know composers like anyone else you can the 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 dangers of the blank page and you and you get suddenly looking at staring at this computer screen and there's nothing on it and you're like oh uh and it's sort of you know right kind of like a writer's block and Mm -hmm. Um, if you have a little store of some sort of material, you know, at least you have something to try. And uh, there's another fascinating thing with, you know, doing this, which is that often when you, you know, a piece of music that doesn't work is, is as informative as a piece of music that does. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can put something up and the director can go, oh, I hate that. It sucks. And, you know, it happens. Um but often then, you know, what I'll always do is sort of sit down with them and say, like, well, why is it not working? Like, what, what do you hear? And usually it'll be something, you know, that that'll, that illuminates the path to what you're supposed to be doing. So it's uh, it's fine. It's, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a, a sort of multifaceted kind of kind of discipline. But it's it's it's, it's good when it when it works. And you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Definitely. Especially coming from video games. Like what what do they give you to work off of? Or do you do you get like set piece scenes? Is it just like a description, and you know they're like have fun? <laughs> that, <laughs> that varies a lot, actually, um, especially with video games. I mean, film. I mean, film is 
usually unless something's gone very very wrong um you usually get something close to you know not not a locked edit but it'll be a pretty good edit of the film and you can watch it and see it as as it is um and then some you know the occasional director wants you to start early and start you know whilst they're still shooting stuff and um but you, you know usually a film once they've written the script and pretty much got it to shooting, it, it pretty much stays that way. I mean, obviously, it's sort of there's a lot of sort of cutting and you know pasting and moving around that can happen, but uh, but with a video game, it's kind of uh, it's it's complete. It's sort of I think every single one is different, and in, in the sense that I've I've only ever worked really worked on the three, and they've all been sort of you know big scale things, but they've all been completely different, which leads me to believe that. The chances are, I think that it's actually, you know, I think every probably every game is different. But it's, it's not just uh, you; it's actually video games. <laughs> <laughs> it just it, it taps into so much as like as to what uh, you know what 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 the game might be and the structure of it, and it's sort of you know maybe and often it'll you know if if there's something where it's a scene where it's it's too a fixed length of time. So in like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, we had quite a number of levels where you're on, on what we call rails. So, you know, if, if a level's on rails, you know, like there's a Jeep, you basically climb onto the back of a Jeep and you're, you're firing a gun off the back of the Jeep. The, the, you, you know that the Jeep's going to take two minutes to get to its destination. You, you know that, and that's a fixed timing. So, you know, you can write a two minute piece of music and that's great. But it's where it's where you get things where that where it isn't fixed. That's where it's good. It gets challenging because then then you're sort of more more. And often what you do is you work in a kind of modular kind of way, and they'll give you visual inspirations. I mean, the re- recent one guys, you know, would make me sort of videos of like what the gameplay was looking like, um, and uh, and sort of you know kind of different variations and then concept art and and anything that they can give you to sort of like kind of be a jumping jumping off point. And then you, we just talk about it a lot, you know, sort of go back and forward. And it's, it's sort of like a process of, I, I liken it to a process of distillation. It's kind of, I guess, kind of like, I don't know, making vodka or something. Um, you know, you sort of, you, you, you go back and forwards three or four times and sort of trying to kind of distill down to what, 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 what really needs to be working at that point and what really needs to be in, 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 in the music and, uh, and what, what it needs to, what its function needs to be. And sort of, and that could be anything from sort of giving you, you know, heightening the tension or, or, or sort of, you know, uh, heightening the tension by, by playing against the tension of the scene, or it could be, you know, that, that can just vary. just depends on what, what, what the thing, what the piece is. Yeah, so that's 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 kind of overall how it how it how it happens, but but it just seems to vary every time. It's just it just depends on the nature of the way the developers work, and you know, on the on the time frames and how finished the game is, and you know, just you you sort of you, you kind of go through it, and you sort of you you kind of figure out the process as you go along. Now you mentioned the uh, the three games that you've made um, soundtracks for or done music for uh can you talk a little bit about some of the other things that you've actually written for oh yeah well i mean I've, i i started out in film i mean i was almost entirely in film for a long time and when i back when i started working with harry gregson williams i i was you know we i contributed music to the a lot of music for the, the the shrek and narnia franchises um and so you know the sort of big sort of animated kind of world and then obviously the sort of big fantasy kind of genre with with the chronicles of narnia um the first two movies um but then we also worked on a lot of uh of action stuff you know particularly tony scott's movies like Man of Fire, Deja Vu. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head what the other ones are. You know, and then we also worked a bit with Ridley Scott. On we did a movie with with Ridley Scott called Kingdom of Heaven, uh, which was uh, starred Orlando Bloom and was I think was sort of kind of intended to be Gladiator, uh, medieval Gladiator, but sort mm-hmm. of never, it never quite worked. It was it was you know I still like it as a film though. It's things good. Uh, and uh, and sort of a, and then a, a whole mixed bag of, of other stuff. You know, I, I spent a lot of a couple of years ago doing a, a show with uh, I have a, a very good friend, a guy called Chris Pranowski, who runs an animation company called Titmouse. Um, and they they do they make Metalocalypse and they make uh, then they did the show called Motor City. Um, uh-huh. It's all sort of uh, literally the music of that's about the sort of polar opposite of kind of much of what I'd done. 
you know, especially for someone coming from a classical background, because that was, you know, mostly sort of thrash metal kind of... You I was going to say, know, Metalocalypse is definitely as far as you can kind of get from classical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that, you know, so that, that was sort of fun, and the, the neat thing with that was they'd, I bet that I just started working with them because they were, you know, played Call of Duty uh, avidly. Um, on multiplayer and sort of, and, uh, and I suddenly got this call. I first worked with them on a on a on a little uh, reboot of a sort of cult thing of GI Joe, and uh, you know, for, when they rang me and said like, you know, this guy Chris Pronouncing rang me and said like, oh, you know, I really wanted to work on this uh, uh, this thing GI Joe. It's a, you know really cool. And I was like, I was like, you do realize I'm British and I'm about as un GI Joe. This is the polar opposite. We didn't have GI Joe in in, in England when I was going. And he's like. And he's like, oh yeah, no, that's cool. You know, he's like, he's like, he's like, we've been playing Call of Duty. We like, they'd basically been sort of playing, playing the game whilst they were also um, re- reviewing dailies and looking at stuff. And so they they'd been hearing the music sort of from one on top of the other and sort of turned around and said, oh, we want it to sound like that. So, so you never know where these things are going to come out come from, really. But uh, but so yeah, I've, I've been very lucky to have had a had a very wide slate of different stuff, and you know, kind of very, everything from sort of the quietest of little indie movies to, to 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 full on you know mechs beating the crap out of each other, which is always fun. So yeah. Do you ever do you ever Looks play fun. any of the games that you wrote for? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh, oh excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I've always no, I was, I've always been a first person shooter fan. I was I was never into the sort of my, my like my brothers into like uh, the multi uh, you know the like the um, you know the uh, like Warcraft and stuff like that the massively mm-hmm. multiplayer stuff. I was never really into those sort of ones where it sort of necessarily takes sort of fourteen hours to 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 play you know for a long time and it's sort of like a long ongoing thing. I was always more into you know kind of quick down into first person shooter stuff. So. Um, and you know, I remember I, the first one. I'm, I started out on Doom. That was my favorite uh, originally. Um, so, so it was kind of you know, definitely I played a lot of Call of Duty and Modern Warfare, and you know, played a lot of the multiplayer as well, which is always entertaining. Uh, just to sort of you know, because it's it's funny actually going on and sort of you know, kind of anonymously and seeing what people think. Uh, but uh, but it's cool. Uh, and uh, you know, that's that I've definitely always been into it. Uh, the only problem is for me is like I, I'm usually in the middle of a project and it's like a time vampire. Um, you know, it's, it's just literally the chances of having having much time to 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 do it can sometimes be slim. But you know, it's a, it's always fun. Yeah, that seems to be the hardest thing in trying to write about video games is it often takes more time to write about a video game than it does to play a video game. And <laughs> it's like, I, I don't even have time to play the thing that I write about now. <laughs> it's, well, exactly. I mean, and it's like, uh, you know, and it's funny, sort of, you know, the couple of times I've sort of been talking with, like, you know, uh, good friends who are sort of working on other games or, or working on things and saying, oh, you know, how's it going? Have you check this out. And they're like, nope, sorry. I'll email you in about a month when I'm like not in a cave, uh, trying to finish, you know, X Y Z or finish, you know, finish a, a stack of work. And it, I mean, it's it's funny. It's sort of always the, the whatever you have to do always seems to expand or contract to fill the time available. Um, and it's you know, it's always it's always one of those things where there's always a last minute scramble to finish the last few things and get it all in the bag. So yeah, like actually booting up the game after that sort of you know sometimes falls by the wayside, but. Uh, but uh, no, it's I, I always try and play it a lot. It's, you know, I think it's it, and it's and it just and it's it's interesting because it's always, you know, particularly with a game, it's sort of with a film, you know exactly where every piece of music's going to be and what what it was supposed to do. But it's actually interesting to look with games. Often, often they may they they might use a, a music a module in a different way than I sort of expected, and that's actually kind of cool to sort of see. You know, it's sort of informative for the next one just to sort of see. You know, what 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 was what sort of worked where and it, it, that that side of it's a lot of fun so what is the process of like writing music for video game um like as you just mentioned you know when you write something for film you know you can watch the sequence that it's going to play in and you can do that the same way in you know certain cutscenes in a video game i imagine uh but in the actual gameplay you know, somebody is is taking bits of your music and kind of cutting it up. I assume I I don't know actually. I, I mean, are you writing certain elements to be kind of coded in certain places? Are are you involved yeah. in the actual implementation of the music kind of appearing in the game? How 
How does that well, whole relationship it's sort of, work? It's a, it's just a little mixture of all of that, really. I mean, basically, sort of, you know, where obviously with the with the multiplayer world, there's, <coughs> there's a need to you you want you you want to have uh, a lot of, a sort of almost like a, a playlist of music that can be sort of possibilities because. You know, like, uh, I mean, sort of when you play a Titanfall map, the very, obviously the very first minute of the map is a sort of like introductionary sort of kind of thing and you drop in. And so that, you you know, one pretty much knows that that's going to be in a, in a, in a, a certain length and that's kind of, it's not on rails, but it sort of is. Um, and uh, unless something crazy happens at the beginning of the map and, you know, somehow people still have to sort of, you know, most people sort of set off on, you know, the two teams are on either side and then they have to sort of reach each other before the battle kind of gets into full swing. So, uh, so you know, we have that. But then, but for sort of the, the kind of, the, the sort of action pieces, um, as we called them, the, then... I think what we what we what we sort of did at the outset was we sort of talked a lot about how how different layers and different uh, things could sort of uh, come in and out, and also sort of different sort of gradations of tension. So you know, obviously, one of the one of the issues is uh, there's a lot of a lot of big sounds. There's a lot of loud sounds in Titanfall. So you know, the, especially when you're in a Titan, you know, the weaponry of the Titan is is, is immensely powerful and has an immensely uh, sort of huge kind of sound so um sorry my laptop just did something funny there uh, i'm still here on there we go um yeah so basically you know you'd be hearing these huge sort of explosions and and uh, and obviously there's there's you with music you want to you you don't want to be trying to sort of compete with compete with that you want to be trying to sort of uh kind of weave around it so so we sort of basically ended up writing lots of different kind of pieces that were of different sort of uh, uh, tension levels and sort of basically going for sort of, uh, you know, medium kind of tension, high tension, and then, and then different speeds and different paces. So the game then sort of has the ability to sort of kind of select from what, you know, what what's most appropriate at the time. And then the implementation mostly is... You know the respawn guys really sort of do all of that in the sense that you know they 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 would sort of give me directions saying oh, this is good but it's going to be really hard to edit out of in and out of that or or this is cool we like this we should we need more like this um, you know so it was very much a sort of evolutionary kind of process you know I would I would send them things they'd say oh we'll try it in the game they'd get back to me and that, that kind of thing so hmm. uh, it it's it's sort of you you, uh, you you start off by sort of having an idea sending it over. And then sort of getting feedback on it, and then we'd go sort of, you know, just 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 sort of through three or four rounds of like just trying different things out, you know, you know, maybe sort of with different instrumentation, uh, with different different kind of programmed elements, maybe making some elements more electronic than others, uh, and uh, and just seeing what worked really. Um, so that's 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 the sort of process, is sort of back and forward, and then once once you get all the music kind of pretty much written, that's when we sort of go and record everything. We did you know uh, two we did three I think nearly four actually no four days at Abbey Road recording all the orchestra orchestral elements, and then you know sort of uh, mixing down probably took sort of nearly a month. So it's so it's just a sort of uh, a, a process as you go along of just of, of gradually putting this puzzle together. Um, and and it's sort of like putting a jigsaw puzzle together where you don't necessarily know what the picture is, and you're sort of drawing the picture as you go. Uh, so that's that's kind of kind of what I liken it to. Sure. So is it pretty much ready to go now? Then it's pretty close. I think I'm not sure what the the the, the very latest status of, but uh, the, the 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 score's all finished and the music's all done. I think sound and I think we're content locked. But uh, then um, the actual the actual schedule for between now and March 11th, I'm not entirely sure of. But uh, but obviously it's uh, all got to be on on shelves on on March 11th, and it's going that's where it's going to be. So, um, but it's it's pretty much there. You know, I think they're doing the last few little tweaks to to to, to certain elements, but. But uh, uh, it's the last time I saw it, it was looking pretty fabulous. I mean, it's and it's funny when you when you work on these things. The, the first time they show you a picture, they they make sort of great apologies, saying, "Oh, well, this is rough graphics. That's rough." And I'm still sitting there going, "It looks insanely amazing to me." <laughs> um, and then they and then they start sort of putting the layers in, and that's really cool. You know, sort of seeing it from you know kind of day one, and then like a month later, it looks that bit better, and then it looks that bit better, and you know, you see it sort of like gradually gets revealed. And by the time you get to this sort of picture where you're looking at the end, going, "Holy crap, that looks amazing!" Um, and they're like, "Oh, this is pretty close to final." And you're like, "That's that. That's pretty cool. It's it's a neat a neat part of the process." Whereas whereas film, unless there's a lot of visual effects, you know, you pretty much see it as it is, and it's you know, it's fun. 
Uh, it's all good, but it's it's definitely there's something about games where 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 you get this sort of slow process of sort of seeing it come together and seeing all these sort of disparate elements get put together, and it's 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 pretty cool. Is there a is there a favorite piece that we should be listening for? Uh, when March 11th comes around. I'm fond of. I mean, I see. Um, there's the, the ones that I'm really sort of pretty pleased with, sort of how they ended up sounding. Actually, funny enough, some of what we call the lobby pieces, sort of some of the things where you're not actually in the middle of the in the middle of the firefight. Um, there's also a couple of introductions to certain uh, certain maps that I think is, I'm pretty pleased how they turned out. Uh, uh, I can't say too much more because I don't think they've un- announced the maps. But uh, but yeah, they 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 they're pretty. They're, definitely, we we were going for a really big sort of epic. Uh, you know, sort of big cinematic experience, but it's sort of, I think, trying to aim even for something a little more than that, you know, something that's got a real sort of depth and depth to it. So uh, I, th- I think I'm, pr- I'm pretty pleased. I think it's turned out sounding pretty good. I, I hope so. It, it looks absolutely amazing, and that's probably the... Out, the, the that's probably the one I, I I'm not a huge first person shooter fan. Like I, I, I like playing them, but as far as the military genre goes, like I've played one call of duty and that's, that's kind of about it. But ever since you bring big robots into something and you have, yeah. my attention. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this tends, this mixes the robots and the parkour. And so I'm like, okay, now, now I'm listening. Now I want to find out where you guys are going. Cause Let's do that. Let's let's put myself in a big robot. Let me jump between buildings. I'm 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 good with that. So what's what's what I find fun about this one? I think is also that it's you know having played you know a bunch of things from different genres, but uh, and even being a first person shooter fan, I sort of came to it with this idea. I had this pre kind of conceived notion of what it would be. Uh, you know, sort of thinking, oh well, maybe it'll be kind of like Call of Duty, and then the, from playing it. It's really not, and it's really sort of uh, a very different experience. Um, and the main thing that, that just sort of blow, has blown me away about it, and I, I still haven't gotten, my, I haven't played it enough to to get around this yet, um, is that it's it's just so fast. Um, and it's sort of you know where with Call of Duty you kind of you know kind of if you were starting out on the multiplayer thing you could kind of skulk around in the background, uh, you know with a sniper rifle and not get shot too much and sort of figure it out. But this one kind of it's it, it's incredibly quick and it's incredibly quick in in, in a very three dimensional way, um, you know, with the jetpacks and the war running, it's like things can come at you from all sorts of directions that you're not sort of necessarily expecting. And so the first time I was playing it, I was like playing it like I was playing Call of Duty and I was getting completely hosed by, you know, obviously and also you know, playing on the server with some of the developers and obviously they're quite good at it. Yes, uh, yes, uh, some it. of them I imagine are. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think on the first round I played, I think I died like 17 times. I think I killed one person, which was probably more by luck than judgment. Um, but, uh, you know, it was fun and definitely sort of as as you get into it, it, was, it it's a different mindset and it's a different kind of... Uh, you know, it's a very different, different kind of game that, on the surface, looks 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 similar, um, in a sense, or looks like it should be similar, but it's just not. It's just one of those things that's really quick and really uh, immersive, and 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 sort of is all its own. And I can't, I, having played, you know, Halo and played a bunch of the other, uh, you know, first-person shooters on the market, it's just not like anything else out there. And so I think it'll be really neat to see when it comes out in March. You know, see 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 how 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 people take to it and sort of uh, uh, and it's 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 neat. It's it's definitely got its own it's got its own voice and got its own thing. And so that's that's been a lot of fun to sort of, especially you know having worked with these guys back from the on the Call of Duty days. It's sort of it's nice to see them you know have, having sort of gone straight on the outset and done something that's I think really innovative and really cool. Um, and that's 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 nice just on a sort of on a personal level just for these guys just to have seen them seen them sort of go through go through a heck of a lot in the last sort of few years and then they've put this really awesome game together so that's that's fun yeah because you've kind of been there for the the games that have redesigned this i mean call of duty you know call of duty 4 was that was the big one well that was the one that kind of, that one that kind of changed things and now to, to hear that they're kind of doing it again there was a really funny thing where the very first time I, I went over to, as it was Infinity Ward then, um, with these guys, and then we, we I, I remember vividly, we went into a, and I'd played what, Call of Duty 1 and 2, and I think I dabbled in 3, but hadn't played that much of it, but just mainly 1 and 2. 
and uh so i knew it was basic uh, you know I, and i was i went to the, the the first meeting expecting nazis and expecting world war Two, and uh and then they sort of boot this boot it up and basically you know and they have that they had a, a fabulous like screening room with a, a large screen sort of a sort of recliners and it was sort of you know the ultimate sort of they'd have built the ultimate game playing room to sort of test this out <laughs> Um, with a screen sort of the size of almost like a size of a cinema screen kind of thing, like a small, a small cinema screen. And, uh, so we sat there and they played and the very first thing they played us was like the nuclear explosion scene in out of, um, shock and awe in, 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 in modern warfare. And, uh, and it was firstly, it was sort of like, for, there was the momentary like, Oh wow. It's like present day set. And then like, uh, and then sort of, you know, there's the, they show this sort of, um, you know, stunning graphics of the, of this nuclear explosion and it's sort of, then you suddenly realize, yeah, these, these guys are pretty serious. This, they, they know what they're doing. Um, you know, and it's, uh, I think that's, that's one of the neat things about it is it's, it's the, you know, especially with, with games is like, it's right now to be working in games is, is, it's, it's a great privilege because it's, there's so much creativity and there's so much sort of potential with the, the platforms and, you know, especially the next generation platforms you can do, you can do so much. And I, I you remember even on, Call of Duty, you had limitations. They would say, "Oh well, you can you can only have uh, this many, you know, audio voices or this thing." It was there was still sort of some sort of sort of fairly major technological limitations, but it almost feels like just right now in the next couple of years, there's basically not going to be any any technological limitations at all anymore. So, uh, just out of curiosity, because I just thought of this, is the level up guitar rift yours? Oh, uh, you know what? Off the top of my head, I think it is, but it's not the way I had it. I think that was <laughs> very. Uh, I think that was a neat piece of editing by someone, but I'm not sure of that. I, I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to go back and listen to it again. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think it is. But uh, I'll have to check. I have to double check on that one. It might not be. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, actually, it's funny. That was a, a good example of like things getting, you know, things were in, in, in that game. Well, I, I didn't really write very much music specifically for the multiplayer. And a lot of the music in the multiplayer was actually drawn from the single player campaign uh, and edited from it. Um, and that seems to be the sort of the difference with this, with, you know, with Titanfall is because the uh, because it's just the multiplayer. It's, it's all sort of, multiplayer. Yeah. Exactly. All the detail, you know, I mean, and uh, I was talking to Vince Sampella very early on about the game, though he's the CEO of Respawn, and he was saying, you know, they they were doing these, they were pulling these numbers, and, you know, a, a sort of a good single-player level could take them like six months to put together of, of um, crazy, crazy hardware, and then someone blows through it in about two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, you know, it's like... Uh, uh, and then potentially never plays it again. And they were doing; they did some sort of surveys to sort of see what people were doing and finding out that only a small percentage of people ever really completed the single-player campaign, and then they just drive straight into the multiplayer. And so I think that was a lot of the thinking behind Titanfall was saying, okay, well, you know, what if we, you know, put all the detail of the graphics uh, and uh, you know the kind of the, the story elements into multiplayer levels that are that are online and you know put put all the work there such that you know the things let's that, actually like, work on what people are going to play rather than putting exactly. all this into stuff they and, may never see yeah and it's you know and i think that's what i've liked about working with these guys you know a lot is that they're they're very they're very thoughtful everything is done with a great deal of thought and it's done for a reason and it's funny occasionally i'll, I'll hop online and see what people are saying about it on various forums and they'll see you know people saying Oh, you know, you know this this thing or that thing is being done. Oh, that's dumb. It should be done done like this. Uh, and and it's really fine. Every everything that they do is is very very thought out. I mean, it's there's definitely it's it's you know it's uh, there's a level of detail that is gone into that I think is 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 pretty amazing. Even into sort of the levels of the backstory of the of the game and the uh, you know th things that aren't actually in the game, but you know things that have been thought about so they're sort of co they're coherent. Uh, and, and and that's that side of it's really interesting that sort of you know it's, they're creating a world and then really creating a world that's got uh this this enormous quantity of detail that's sort of beyond what you see such that sort of it feels realistic and you know that one of the other things we did we, we were very keen on with the music uh was to to uh, this idea that sort of this was realistic kind of sci-fi um, as opposed to sort of Star Trek, where you know a door goes and opens, uh, you know, as opposed to someone actually having to open a door. Um, 
there's, there seemed to be this sort of element of it where it was sort of very much kind of like, well, what would Earth look like in 500 years time, 600 years time, or, or you know, have a long, and it was as opposed to sort of, you know, like, would we, would cars still have four wheels? Would uh, trees still be trees? Would, you know, there's that, there's that sort of element to it where the, they, they, it, it's, it's very much sort of thought out from a, from a, from a sort of, uh, a wider perspective than than even just the just just the world of the game, and I th- and obviously that's you know great for the sort of future games as well. But it's sort of you know the potential to tell a wider story is is always there. So that's um, yeah, great. Well, as long as our future includes giant robots, I think it's looking good. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. And the giant robots are a lot of fun. Actually, what I like about giant robots is they're not slow as well, because you know sort of you know there's, there's, if it was this sort of lumbering thing where you're like, come on, move, come on, move. Um, but they're quick uh, and they they move and it's actually sort of uh, and it's almost like that's what it, it sort of I mean about the sense of the pace of it because you have that them which are the, the w- kind of walk at normal speed and then you have this wall crazy wall running that that goes incredibly fast and it's uh, really you 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 stand still for a second and you're toast but uh, but it's it's great um, it's sort of just a, a different way of thinking uh, but yeah uh, uh, being that. Uh, Titanfall is sci-fi, and there's so many sci-fi games and movies out there. Is there anything in specific that you kind of drew influence from in writing the music? I think musically, uh, there were there were some elements. Usually, what it was is uh, I always look for like kind of it, it, it's it's rarely sort of something directly, you know, kind of oh that's a really cool style of musical. It's more sort of like individual sounds. I mean, mm. there's very much I sort of always liked. I kind of and, uh, and it might be a very a single concept or it might be a tiny little five second thing that most people would just blaze blaze by, but I I sort of get on and go, oh that's a really great idea. I wonder whether I can put a spin on that or do 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 something with that technique. Uh, one of the things we do, uh, you know, a lot for the IMC side uh, was trying to find a sort of signature sound for them. And you know, hunting around for different things, and and eventually we sort of uh, Eric and Eric Kramer, the audio lead, and Steve Fukuda, the game director, sort of came up with this 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 term, and they said uh, they said, oh, you know, what we what we're really looking for is this this big fuzzy wall of distortion. It should be the sound that almost you know the IMC sound should almost be a sound that it's like it's in a box, but the box isn't quite big enough and can't contain it, and it's this sort of it's about to burst, but it's not bursting. It's just being held back. Um, of this sort of weighty kind of power, uh, and this, this with a sort of gritty element to it that's not like an angry kind of Metallica guitar distortion kind of grit. It's like more of a, uh, a fuzzy kind of, uh, of powerful kind of sound um, that sort of has a, an organic kind of edge to it. Um, but but somehow doesn't feel like it's entirely organic. So what we actually ended up doing a lot of with that was taking sort of, you know, even sort of very sort of straight orchestral elements and kind of treating them and then uh, combining them with sort of synthetic elements. Uh, for example, you know, there's a lot of the times we sort of, you know, might we might have a bank of like eight French horns playing a, a particular melody or playing a particular part. But, you know, they'll rarely will we just have eight French horns playing. It'll be like eight French horns plus you know, like something like a Moog modular synthesizer or something uh, doubling the same line. And you don't hear it as two separate sounds. You hear one as, you hear it as, you know, uh, a composite of the two. But it's got a sort of synthetic kind of, um, shall we say, uh, shading to it. Or like, you know, it feels bigger. It somehow feels larger than life. Um, and this seemed really appropriate for the IMC side in particular because, you know, they're all about sort of technology and it's all, you know, sort of obviously with Hammond Robotics, the company behind them, it's like this sort of technology improving the world, you know, this utopia through technology sort of idea. Um, and sort of, you know, kind of taking sort of, you know, kind of orchestral or other musical elements and, and then sort of bolstering them with electronics to make them feel sort of bigger, but sort of imper- somehow imperceptibly bigger, but just this this sort of feeling that, um, that, that that they have the sheen to them, so that 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 was that was sort of one of the ideas, um, you know, just trying just trying to find sort of different spins on 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 sound, uh, different combinations that sort of really sort of fit fit with the with the the worldview of the game and fit, fit with the sound and the sort of the sound design. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of was one of the big the big sort of sound things that people will hear. Are there any uh, sounds um, or parts of the music that you came up with that came from this really odd places? One of my favorite anecdotes is the 
the sound of the Reapers in Mass Effect is actually oh, yeah. the opening of one of those giant metal trash cans. Uh, <laughs> so, is there is there anything that's just there's some unusual sound. There's a lot of un- there's some unusual sources. Um, you know, nothing nothing quite as good, kind of got that uh, as sort of uh, found sound like that. But it sort of uh, really was was sort of mostly trying to find uh, sounds that had a sort of uh, a larger than life kind of weight to them. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and so you know, I think a lot of that was sort of finding. You know, I was trying to find sort of metallic elements. Uh, and so we recorded, you know, I sampled a lot of sort of, uh, you know, kind of different kind of uh, sounds of sort of oil cans. I mean, there's a, a very, a very good friend of mine, a percussionist, a guy called M.B. Gordy, who's one of the sort of the best sort of percussionists in L.A., just this awesome drummer. Uh, but he also has this absolutely, you know, basically like practically like a little warehouse full of um, different instruments. And one of the things uh, was like a, this basically an oil can filled with like chains and just sort of shake dropping this thing. Oh, there's a helicopter flying past my house. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, even that kind of thing. You record ambient sounds. I mean, like, uh, uh, you know, you never know what's going to be a, a, a sort of cool element taken out of context. And so, yeah, with that oil can change thing, we just drop, and it's this big sort of clanging sound. But once you sort of take it out of context, it doesn't really sound like what it is. It just sounds like this big sort of percussive element that, that you can suddenly... Uh, and it and big sounds like that especially cut really well against against the sound effects. That's one of the major things is you need to, you need stuff that's going to get heard because once you know grenades are going off left right and center then you, you know it's got to it's got to be something that's going to cut through. So that's 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 often often the thing you're you're looking for sounds that have an interesting sort of character to them uh, that you can sort of mangle and use in interesting ways. And I imagine the sound of one of those the big titans dropping that that's that's got to be super original and identifiable well yeah no well definitely and that's you know being the signature moment of the game and we we have a couple of sort of things where you know we'll often use moments like that to sort of shift shift from one piece of music to another um and that's also like regular music to like suddenly the the oh shit music (laughs) yeah kind of thing you know sort of you know because obviously sort of that's you know a point in the game where the dynamic changes is like you know if you're running around as a pilot there's a certain uh vulnerability you know sort of uh if i mean if you run around the corner you can take a titan out as a pilot but you have to be there's a skill level you have to you know if you and if and if if a titan gets your next crosshairs and pulls it there's not a huge amount you can do about it (laughs) um so so yeah there is that element of sort of you know once once a titan lands you know the 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 dynamic of the of of the the of the firefight has changed a little and that you know it's cool to sort of mark that with with a change in music so um you know definitely there's there's pieces where we had them as titan modules and there's pieces where we have them as pilot modules so uh you know just 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 depending on the on the on the particular situation and how how that sort of comes out uh it's it's, you know one one is looking for those sort of big cinematic moments and and the and the drop and the 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 titan fall is is one of them for sure so how long does it uh speaking of the the modules for uh you know pilot um or mech how long does it generally take for you to kind of sit down and write from, I guess, inception to production, uh, that, one of those well, that, pieces. That can, that can vary hugely. There's like, there is the whole thing of, you know, you, you wake up in the morning and you go, you know, can boot the computer up and drink some coffee and stare at the blank screen for a while. <laughs> uh, and uh, M- it, Minus the blank screen parts. Once you've actually started, part. I guess. <laughs> but, uh, mostly sort of, you know, generally when you have something as visually inspiring as, as this kind of thing, it's, you know, it's actually pretty easy to sort of find a way in. Um, but usually I'll probably... You know, generally spend. I would say it probably takes me a couple of days to sort of put put together a, a, a two three minute module that I'm really pleased with. Um, and then usually we would just sort of go around a, a few rounds of trying different uh, different ideas out. You know, I'd play, it, send it over over to the recent one guy, say, hey, check this out, and they'd say, oh, this is good, or this isn't working, or this feels like a good sound, or that sound we don't like, or this the you know sort of detailed notes back. What's what's uh, the best? criticism back that you've ever gotten on a piece that you just sent in uh well best well it depends what, what we're defining best as. or most most memorable most like you <laughs> sent something in and they were like can you do this but make it 
more well, metal. <laughs> well, uh, funny enough, actually, the, the best I've ever he- the best I've ever heard actually wouldn't be a respawn one, but the best, but but, but, it, but it's funny, so I'll I'll, I'll use it. Uh, the best I've ever heard, I've ever heard note wise, not Tyson, because they're actually very good. They're actually actually exceptionally knowledgeable about music and know exactly what. But a, ver- a very good friend of mine did a a commercial for the like I think the like some avocado growers association, the California Avocado Growers Association, or something like that. I don't think that was the exact name of it, but. Uh, that may be good. Uh, and they it said, works for the story. <laughs> it involved avocados, and they basically the note came back. They said, "We love the piece of music. It just doesn't sound enough like an avocado." <laughs> and, and and I think they left it at that. They didn't clarify anything. That was just like that was actually the that that was the note I heard almost word for word, and I was like, "That's that may be the greatest I've ever heard." Do you just uh, stare at a note like that and go? Sound more like an avocado, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've, I had I had one myself where where you, usually it comes from like the either sort of advertising commercials or or other side of the world or, or television uh, film film generally sort of people you know it's quite hard to have got sort of the the depth uh, you know it's been working two three years on a film generally people know kind of what they want musically uh, but uh, but sometimes really quick things like TV you get great notes I got once I got a note saying uh, uh, oh we we'd like we'd like the sound of this the show we don't want it to sound like it's in any genre and I was like <laughs> so, so basically do you want me to invent a genre or do you want right. uh, uh, we call this the bean can you know it's yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I still, to this day, don't quite know what that one meant, but uh, but yeah, I mean, well, the the avocado genre is ripe for the making. It's so. uh, very good. It's ripe ripe for inclusion. Yeah, no, uh, no, it's definitely it's one of those things. Often, often, and what it is is you know, sort of, uh, you know, you, when you when you work on music for 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 film and uh, games and for television and and sort of any anything where you're really working on music for another medium, it's uh, a lot of what it is is trying to interpret. Uh, what people because most people you know I found I've been very lucky and I think most people have a pretty good idea of what they like musically um, and funny enough you can you can play someone a film scene that you've written a, a score for and they can people you know even if they have no sort of musical like knowledge in terms of like terminology or community can usually sort of put their finger on what if something's working or not um, and sort of say why they think it's working or not um, and sort of and it and it, and it's often about sort of taking you know uh, taking what people say and sort of trying to figure out what they're actually trying to say um, and sort of, you know, kind of interpreting a little bit. And so, you know, a, a good example of that is like if someone says, oh, I want that to be louder. Well, there's there's all sorts of things louder can mean. Louder can mean louder can mean physically just volume turned up, in which case it's not even a musical thing. It's just like a mix thing. You know, just that's hit the music. button, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or louder can mean I want like a battery of like 20 French horns uh, or like a huge massive orchestra or a big synth thing. Or louder can actually, funnily enough, and I've discovered this quite a bit, louder can actually, bizarrely enough, mean quieter or less elements, you know, sort of, and the idea being that sort of, you know, when you, when you record a piece of music, you have a certain thing of what we call like the headroom, which is like, um, basically the idea being that sort of you, you if you have a, your stereo set to a certain level, uh, it's going to be at that level. And so if you have two sounds taking up that headroom, as we call it, then those two sounds are actually going to be louder, if that makes any sense. But if you have 80 elements, they have to take up the same kind of space as, those so instead of louder, they really tr- they really mean like more focused. Exactly. So that gotcha. could be the thing. So you sort of you might be you might be trying to sort of kind of figure out that and 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 so you know people sometimes that's that's where you sort of develop it and you and you sort of get to you know read people's body language as to what they what what they're really trying to say and that's you know that's an, that's 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 part of the of the of the. Uh, I think of the of the the, the skill set that one has to has to sort of try and uh, develop uh, over time for for this particular job because it's it's often often taking you know people who you know and often often what you're trying to avoid is sometimes people will say oh I want the music to crescendo at the end there and you sort of sit there going do you mean crescendo yeah. or <laughs> you know what you crescendo keep using means? that word I don't think it means what you think it means <laughs> and I, that's happened a lot but sort of you know figuring out what what they actually really really mean by that um and usually there's and it's funny even with the bizarrest note or the strangest thing there's usually a point to it there's usually something that they're seeing in a different way and you just you know you have to sometimes go through three or four rounds of trying to figure it out when you sort of and usually there's a sort of 
forehead smacking moment where they say oh i'd like this and you go oh okay that's what you really wanted and maybe you've gone through you know five versions to get there but uh but that's all part of that's all part of part of part of the fun i mean it's you know you're, you're trying to figure out uh figure out what works best and sort of an, and and that's that's the side of it i think i've always liked you know you know working on music can be a very solitary thing um especially if you're a performer um and there's something about the being able to sort of you know kind of take you know sort of this this language and sort of work with other people and mesh it in as part of part of an uh, of, a, of a of a greater whole um is, is a lot of is, is that's that's the sort of most rewarding side of it i think so are there any elements to um titanfall whether it's a bit of music or uh just a, a tiny little thing on the back end that no one's even going to notice that you just find to be super awesome there's a few. There's a few things I'm pretty proud of. Uh, you know, just sort of. Uh, there's a couple of. Um, there's a couple of little spots where there's 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 this sort of you know huge kind of uh, synthetic sound. Actually, it's a, it's a big sort of Moog modular. Uh, a very good friend of mine. Like I basically had this idea, and it was one of those ones where I knew my my synth programming skills were nowhere near. The, the the good enough to get the kind of sound I was sort of looking for, uh, so I was asking sort of you know I was working a lot with the the the, the great Mel Wesson who's one of the sort of probably the top sound designers uh, in the world. Uh, he works a lot with Hans Zimmer, and I sort of sent this idea to him and said like oh you know like you know I try this kind of big big sort of percussive distorted kind of element and uh sort of you know kind of you know, between so between we went back and forward on that a little while and it, it just turned into this thing that i was uh you know very pleased with um and then there's a couple of sounds that are sort of a couple of lead sounds that we've came up with where you know they're, they're just they, they put a smile on my face when i hear them uh <laughs> and you know and and sort of will will you know probably you know maybe if they'll be covered under explosions and gunfire, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but that's but the nice thing with the multiplayer thing is that like if they're covered under explosions and gunfire on on one time through, the chances are they might not be on the next one. So sure. uh, so there's that there's that sort of uh, kind of I think I was definitely like aware of that when I was writing. Definitely trying to make everything, you know, sort of there's nowhere to hide. And so sometimes with film, you know, you might have if there's a big sort of effect sequence or a massive explosion, you can sort of hide. You can hide underneath it a little bit. Um, and uh but with this one i was thinking we were very very conscious as we were mixing it and finishing it that 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 sort of everything has to sound really good because if there was something you know the chances are it was going to at least at some point by somebody be heard um and there's sort of nowhere to hide and that that was kind of a nice bar to have because it was sort of you know sometimes especially at the end of a process if you're trying to wrap up the last few you few pieces of music and you know maybe there'll be something that ah, the mix you we probably should have spent another hour on but sounds really good you know that we couldn't do that this time mm-hmm. so I, was, I, I i'm so very pleased with how it all sounds so uh but you know did um did you ever come into a a moment where since this is a multiplayer game you know there there are going to be sounds that are heard with music that are possibly never going to be heard in conjunction again uh where you weren't planning on a particular sound being or weren't kind of you know imagining that being heard when you hear the music that you kind of went back and retooled the music or you know maybe asked them to retool the sound so that they mesh together better oh well sure i mean there's definitely there's certainly things i mean generally speaking it's sort of uh you know kind of you're more sort of you when you it's it's funny how you you listen to something in the context of a of a studio and i you know listening on sort of huge great main studio loudspeakers that 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 where you can hear everything and they have fantastic bass response and you know it sounds awesome um it's funny then taking it to different systems and there's sometimes you know you might have a sound that sounds really great especially like and this is especially true of bass sounds like bottom end where in my studio where i'm like oh that sounds fantastic this sort of subwoofer rattling kind of like low end kind of bass sound and then you go and you hear it on like a smaller speaker, just like more typical speaker that someone might have on, uh, you know, with their with their Xbox, and and you and you can barely hear it. It's so low. It just the speaker doesn't physically have the power to sort of output that that low, that lower bottom end kind of thing or that that sort of that sort of thing. Um, you and you might hear a sound very differently on smaller speakers. So, so generally, it's more sort of like. You listen to it in context. Um, you, I mean, you do it first out of context, but then listen in context, and and then I'd often sit and sort of go and tweak the mix after that, mm. and go back to go back into things and say, okay, well, you know, that would be great, and sort of. Uh, but uh, I'm very lucky in that respect. Sort of, you know, the 
the mixer we had on uh, who was doing the music mixing because it's all uh, I generally sort of always work with an, with another music mixer who sort of you know because because it's funny when you when you write something you can sometimes not be sort of like actually hearing it objectively and I'll listen to something and go yeah that's great that sounds fantastic and you know another mixer I'd be like yeah but there's like ridiculous amounts of bottom end and it sounds terrible like I can improve that for you um, so it's that sort of uh, that sort of second perspective on 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 what sounds good. Um, and I had a, a, a chap called Alan Myerson who's mixed a lot. He mixed the Dark Knight soundtrack. Uh, he's uh, mixed a lot of stuff for James Newton Howard, for Hans Zimmer. Uh, you know, very much a sort of cinematic uh, audio music guy. So, and he, you know, he mixed the soundtrack for this guy, uh, for this for Titanfall. And so it's definitely got that sort of big glossy, big sheen to it, which is something I was definitely going for. That sort of you know larger than life sound, um, which is you know I think that always that always helps. Uh, it just gives you this sort of sense of weight and uh, expansiveness uh, that, that that just helps draw you into the game. So, uh, so yeah, but definitely you you will sometimes go go into things and sort of tweak just based off. Uh, and it's, it usually won't be even with how it works with the sound. It'll just be you know you heard it in one context and it sounded great, and then you know you wake up the next morning and listen to it again, and you're like, oh no, that didn't sound so great. <laughs> um, it's it's funny how you know just sort of you know what even the time of day or you know what you've done in the day can actually sort of Im- impact upon your experience of what sound actually sounds like and it's very sort of subjective and so you're just you you just try and keep you just keep listening over and over and again and just trying to to make sure it sounds exactly the way you want it um it's sort of the, that's sort of the process very cool um now is Titanfall going to be available or the soundtrack for it available separate from the game or I believe so. Uh, okay. We're still working on a soundtrack. We're working on an edit of that right now. So okay. that's that's coming in, and uh, uh, I, I think so. But uh, we haven't quite finalized the details on that yet. But uh, how how but, does uh, that work? I've always kind of wondered um, with the soundtrack for uh, for for a game. It, it always sounds very different in the kind of finished, you know, cut CD version versus what you find in the game because that's chopped up to fit. Uh, you know, cutscenes or gameplay segments yeah. and loot. How do it's... you how do you go about either you know choosing what pieces are going to be in the official soundtrack or choosing kind of what versions of which pieces? Well, that's that's it's it's one of the challenging things actually. It's funny because you know sort of what's what's what what makes a good listening experience in the context of the game can sometimes be sort of a lousy listening experience in the context of a CD or a context of a of a you know an iTunes or a soundtrack. So so some, I'll, I'll, what I'll usually do is I sort of you know will come back to it. I'll, I'll, and I, this is what I've done in this instance is I'll, I'll take a couple of weeks away from it and I'll, I won't listen to anything, and then I come back to it and sort of try and uh, start sort of recutting and reassembling such that it's that it that it that it's that it sort of provides for a satisfying you know kind of listening experience because often if you have too much of one kind of thing in the same spot say if you have like you know four big action cues right next to each other on an album kind of version suddenly it's sort of too much and you want you want something that's varying something that can sort of stand on its own outside so so it's really just a process of you know again editing and just trying stuff out and just seeing seeing you know and and then i'll play it to a few people you know a few friends will say like oh hey check this out can you like listen this through and see see what you think and uh and just you know just just trying different things out and sort of getting feedback on it and, and and sort of putting it together like that so it's often often we'll re-edit and remix and rework something entirely um and then it's really funny because only in games only in the game world do you then get emails someone saying why is this version of this soundtrack different to this version on this thing and, you know, <laughs> i'm always a astounded that anyone noticed be astounded anyone cared uh and then sort of see rather flattered uh but it's uh you know it's you definitely sort of you know you're, you're just trying to make it the sort of uh, a standalone experience as, as 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 good as it can be so uh that's that that's kind of the the, the mo for that you just you know just trying just 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 sort of trying to take the best of and the sort of assemble it in a way that that, that makes sense um as a as a standalone entity uh, which can sometimes be very challenging, actually, especially if it's sort of you know kind of a game of lo- lots of little small modules, like thirty second, forty second, fifty second things. Which mostly at Titanfall, we've got lo- a lot of longer, sort of two, two and a half minute pieces. But uh, um, so it's a bit simpler. But uh, but it can be you know even on film soundtracks, it can be very difficult to sort of take this sort of very chopped up music and sort of assemble it into something coherent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you you just you you have your best swing at it and see see what you come out with. Awesome. 
Alright, uh, Brian, I think I'm all out of questions. Are you ready for the end game? I think we're ready to go. Alright. So this Sound is our, uh, Yeah, we call it the end game. It's our uh, very uh, James Lipton uh, inside the actor studio inspired questionnaire. <laughs> very uh, good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, we, we try to make it uh, at least um, unique uh, per person with some questions. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start. Um, question number one. Um, what is your favorite film slash video game soundtrack? Wow, favorite film slash video game soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, I would probably peg it back to uh, oh, films. I would say uh, it would be a toss up between two. Uh, it would be between uh, Ennio Morricone's The Mission uh, and uh, and possibly. Maybe even the Thin Red Line by Hans Zimmer. Actually, that's you know sort of. I think you know that was one of my favorites as well. I think that was a, a really fine piece of work. Neat. Okay. Um, question number two: What is your favorite guilty pleasure music? Uh, to give you an example, there is an editor on staff, and I will not name names, um, that has a horrible obsession with Kesha. I don't know. Some of that stuff's pretty cool. I you know. I'll, I'll, uh, uh, oh, guilty pleasure. Oh, let's, mm-hmm. uh, what, do, I, what do you feel just so bad about for liking, but you love it? You know what? It's funny that like there's the occasional thing that I hear of sort of. Uh, uh, it, it's almost like. Oh, I'm trying to think. It's on the tip of my tongue. And I'm like trying to think of what the fellow. It's it's one of those ones I don't even know what it's bloody called. <laughs> um, let me think. Uh, Guilty pleasure. I don't know. It's funny. I don't know how any guilty pleasures because I think if if it's good, I like it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's and I and I'll, <laughs> I obsess about like the little things. I'll like listen to like you know the Black Eyed Peas and like think that like I just love the programming sounds in it. Something like that. <laughs> There's you know, and uh, uh, I don't know. Do I feel guilty about it? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> music's music. So if you like it, you like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. All right. All right. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's see here. Next question: um, What's your your kind of least favorite trend in uh, in in either like video game music or just music in general? Where do you think that uh, that it's headed? That it kind of should stay away from, in your opinion? Uh, I think it's uh, I think like basically if we've gone like recently through like the '80s. I mean, if you look at like Black Eyed Peas and stuff and all that kind of thing, that's you know kind of the '80s kind of synthesizers back. I'm not sure we should necessarily re- revisit like 90, ni- uh, 1990 or 1991. Uh, I mean, if we're if we're going sort of sequentially through like you know kind of retro kind of things, uh, it's like I, I it's the the electronic thing is it's sort of um, I don't know it's it's got very it it it's getting louder louder and louder and kind of uh and and sort of more 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 kind of sort of to like the late 80s and uh, and I just hope it stops at the late 80s and doesn't cuz I cuz I don't know there's very much good came out in 1990 or 1991 but uh <laughs> that would just be me <laughs> I can't think of anything offhand so I'm going to yeah, go with your I just, I just hope there's sort of re- re- just we we can we can stop with like the 808 kick drum that's that's good for me just restart the cycle there just make sure it doesn't yeah, go any further <laughs> Run, run back again and go around in a loop. That'd be great. <laughs> um, if you had the chance to write the soundtrack for anything, no, oh, wow. what would it be? Like, like past, future? You know, if you had the chance to go back and do it, what would you like? Oh, uh, past, past or future? I think uh, it would be uh, some kind of big. Uh, I don't know, some kind of big like even some kind of big like biblical epic or something like that or some kind of like massively multiplayer thing that was just this huge massive you know kind of world that was uh you know sort of like like some elements of sort of mythology or something like that you know kind of like a you know like a star wars kind of world but uh you know something something with the, with that sort of big 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 story and big sweep to it would be fun i think anything with you know anything with a good story is is, is always is, 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 is that's the key I think a biblical epic Star Wars style MMO would be awesome. That I'd be down with that. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> I won't go. Biblical Star Wars epic, massively multiplayer game. That would be excellent. Parting the green seas of Endor. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done. Sold. <laughs> um, if you had the chance to try any other profession, um, what would you like to do? Oh, wow. Not if you could never probably... write music, but if you just had the chance, if it just came about. I'd probably, uh, probably food. I'd probably, probably cooking. I'd be a chef. I think that would be my, that's my other thing I like to do. So, uh, something like that, maybe. I, I can absolutely get behind that. My wife is, uh, is currently going to slash going to go back to a cooking school. So that's, uh, you're going to be a, a benefit of a guinea pig of testing it, but uh, I'm that, sure it's Oh good. man, uh, let me tell you, when oh, she yeah. took a baking class, it was dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. So good. Well, uh, final question. Um, at the end of our days, when we all reach the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom, and Toad <laughs> looks over the book of everything we've done, uh, what do you want him to say to you? You did it right. That would be nice. You, like know. So, <laughs> you did all right. No, that would be good. I, 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 I'd be, you know, I think it's like, it's totally one of those things where it's, you know, you, you, every, everything I've ever worked on, or sort of everything I've, but, you know, musically, you, you, you try and sort of get everything, you, you know, you always look back at it and say like, oh, you know, could, could, could you have done that better? Or did that sound done good? Or, um, and you, you heard new possibilities, but, uh, but, you know, when, 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 I think when anyone comes back and says, oh, you know, I like that or that, that I really enjoyed that. It's sort of that, that's, 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 that's the best thing I think for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull a bonus question on you, just because you good. said something that sounded real, real interesting. Is there a piece of music you would ever want back? Uh, a piece of music that I've written that I'd like back. Yes. Uh, if, you could, if you could pull a mulligan, that just have a, a do over <laughs> and say that that one's coming back. There is one. Well, there is kind of one. It's sort of in the background, and it is in it's in the movie, but it's in it's in a there's 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 a, a thing for the like the Bridget Jones. I think it was the second Bridget Jones movie that I was working with Harry, and that was like, uh, and it, there was a piece of music that that was supposed to sort of sound like a kind of like a, a news report kind of piece of music, and it's in the background, um, and it's quiet enough that you don't ever like really you don't necessarily hear it. But it, I was trying to sort of write this kind of like sort of uh, you know pseudo sort of like NBC CBS News kind of thing. Thing. and it and it so, and somehow we, we recorded it and it sounded fine and i listened to it and then i sort of you go back to it and you say and somehow i heard it the other day on on, on like uh, i was going through a, like old stuff that i read and looking for looking for a particular piece to to, to, to send someone and i and i put this piece on i was like sort of wow that it, it sounded like a good idea at the time but <laughs> and and, it, and it's so quiet in the film that no one will ever bloody notice but uh you know, definitely, it's there's, there's an occasional thing where you listen and you go like, "Oops, well, you know, got away with that one." But uh, no, that's uh, gen- generally generally I've been pretty lucky. I, I'm uh, I think think it's all come out of, uh, sounding pretty good, and that that's uh, that's that's you know definitely gratifying. So very good, sir. All right, thank cool. you very much. Congratulations. My pleasure. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you once again, Stephen, so much for joining us today. If you could uh, send us out by letting our listeners know where they can, uh, one, go to find out more about your music and Afterlight and also Titanfall. Yeah, well, definitely you can find Titanfall. You can find out it'll be pretty much everywhere, but uh, <laughs> definitely if you go to respawn.com or titanfall.com. Uh, and there's, there's a ton of information and it'll be you know hitting stores March 11th. And uh, the sound soundtrack sometime around then. Not quite sure yet, but we'll uh, you watch this space. And uh, about for myself, you can find me on uh, I'm actually afterlightinc.com inc. Uh, and uh, yeah, definitely it's uh, it's been a pleasure. All right, thank you, sir. Have a good night. Thank you very much. Cheers.